0: for one million dollars of coverage some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams so save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using policy genius head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save that's policygenius.com policy genius because there will be a world without us
1: Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast about comedy and death, where two brothers give you dubious advice and answer your questions and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. I forgot to look up Mars news I just realized now.
0: (laughs) You usually ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, John? I'm just going to keep giving you prompts the whole time. I am I am well. We are home from our tour. It was a whirlwind month uh, together on the bus. It was magical. It was long. It was wonderful. I am glad to be sleeping in the same bed every night uh, and back together with my family. So, Hank, you know what I've been doing the last few days? I've been clearing honeysuckle from my backyard. Honeysuckle is an invasive bush, and I have been clearing it with a, an axe and a machete mm, mm. and it feels great. Hank, the good news is there is so much honeysuckle in <laughs> central Indiana. I might become the like Johnny uh, Appleseed of destroying honeysuckle. I like the reverse Johnny honeysuckle. Johnny honeysuckle, that's what they're gonna call me. <laughs> um, I, I this may be what I devote my life to because I have found the last 4 or 5 days to be so magnificently clarifying. I have no desire to do anything other than clear honeysuckle from the world. Uh you may be
1: unsurprised to hear that I have been in a lot of meetings over the last mm. uh over the last 4 days instead of doing mm. what you're doing um talking to people about all the things that I missed while I was out of town and doing a bunch of SciShow videos and uh, doing an Eons shoot today and Dear Hank and John today let the did our Foundation to Decrease World Suck board meeting this morning and talking about the product mm. for Awesome and how that's going to go and talking about Pizza mm-hmm. Miss and talking about DFTPA, talking about VidCon, mm-hmm. talking about PodCon, mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like if I had a honeysuckle problem in my yard, it would be the worst honeysuckle problem any yard has ever had
0: well good news Hank you have a brother who is more than happy to fly to Missoula and take care of that honeysuckle I won't go to any of those meetings that all sounds horrible I am so glad when I hear you say that I'm just so glad that you demoted me I'm so glad to be reporting to you (laughs) and no longer to be a co-boss with you um as my boss by the way I need to ask for another week off so I can clear some more honeysuckle (laughs) you know you take you take all the time you need John. that's what I needed to hear and also what I required to hear otherwise I would have quit. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners. by the way, I enjoyed doing this on the phone with you it, it real life is fun it's a little intense though <laughs>
1: especially when there's 1,200 people watching. Um, I, the, it's not so much not having you in the room, it's not having all of
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Hank, this first question comes from Alice, who writes Dear John and Hank, my brother in law and I have been puzzling over a question for a while now, and I would be very grateful if you could give us an answer. What is the smallest part of the body you can be a doctor in? Tempest re Rerum, Alice. That's uh, good, Hank. Mm, what's the
1: largest part of the, the body you can be a doctor in? Let's start there.
0: Well, it's, the way the question was phrased made me think about the movie Inner Space, where people like shrunk down into <laughs> being tiny people so they could be a doctor right. inside of someone's body. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the smallest
1: doctor you can be in a body part would be Inner Space. That's a separate right, question. Right.
0: The answer to that is Inner Space. I think the biggest part of the body you can be a doctor in has to be dermatology, right? Like, isn't the skin the largest human organ? Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably, I don't know. There's also like bones. There's a lot of bones, but I think because like bones don't really count as an organ, but you can be like a bone doctor. You can also just be a right. doctor of, a, of like everything. Like a, just a general right. practitioner is just a doctor of the whole body, theoretically. Right. And then when you have like a more specific problem, they're like, oh, go see my friend. Jeremiah, he just looks at toes, um, right?
0: And or I, I would also argue that perhaps the largest uh, part of the body you can be a doctor in is psychiatry, because of course, like you know, the mind contains infinite vastnesses. Mm-hmm. Right. I might be I, that that might have been too much.
1: No, that's very good. That's good. No, I'm I'm there with you, John.
0: Okay, the smallest part of a body you can be a doctor in, and bear in mind that Hank and I are both MDs. Before all of this uh, YouTube stuff, we Mm -hmm. uh, pursued our medical degrees, we passed our boards and everything, and then we just gave it all up to um, uh, read teleprompters. Uh, The smallest part of the body you can be a doctor in, I believe, has to be a gland, right? Like maybe the pituitary gland? Yeah, how big is the pituitary? Mm, I believe it is the size of a walnut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pituitary gland size of space fish is the first autocomplete
0: <laughs> uh, well that is incorrect it is an endocrine <laughs> gland about the size of a pea that weighs 0. 0.5 grams in that's, humans that's
1: that's very small and I bet you can be a doctor of the pituitary gland do you think it could be like a doctor of just
0: pores like I'm a doctor of pores pores are very small Well, but you'd have to be a doctor of one individual pore, which would be weird. Like, I'm the doctor (laughs) of the pore right, like, the one that you always get a zit on right at the edge of your nostril. I'm the the doctor of that pore. Please, I need that doctor. Oh, It's always right in, like, the
1: crease. In the crease... Between my nose, where my nose meets my rest, my face part, which is weird because yeah. your nose is part of your face, but you know what I mean. And it's like right in there, and I don't know why it's like extra irritating there to have. I know a what you mean, there.
0: mostly because I have noticed over the years that you often get astonishingly huge zits right there where you're talking well, about. thank
1: you so much. I'm glad to, at least to know that you're looking at my face a lot, so that's nice. You're welcome.
0: Let's include that entire pause, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so people will be like, wait, is my podcast app working? It's your turn, Hank, you answer, ask a question. I just, I, th- I feel like there must be something smaller that you could be a doctor in. No, it's the pituitary gland. It's the size of a pea, Hank. I'm, it's well, smaller frusti- than a toe. <laughs> well,
1: In any case, I'm frustrated that you got to the right answer too fast.
0: The good news is that means we can answer more questions. If you don't ask one, I will. This next
1: question, it comes from Jojo, who asks, Dear Hank and John, why do we rub our eyes when we are tired? Wake me up before you, Jojo.
0: Oh, that's a great name-specific sign-off. It's also a question-specific sign-off because they need us to wake them up. Uh, Bef- because they're tired. So I mean that that might, that might be the greatest sign off in the history of Dear Hank and John which is really saying something. Hank, why do we rub our eyes when we're tired? Do you know? Uh, no,
1: uh, here's what I will say. That my view on this has changed dramatically since having a child because the fir- like one of the first signals of like a state that my baby was in, like there was crying and I knew that that was like the baby was in a in a bad state. And, but one of the first ones that wasn't crying was eye rubbing. And I was like, oh, you're tired. You're rubbing your eyes and yawning because you're tired. And like, what a useful signal. Thank you very much for letting me know. I had always assumed that that was like a, like a thing that we learned from cartoons. was like, oh, you rub your eyes when you get tired. Like how Tweety birds fly around your head when you get hit by a, a two by four. No, this is a thing that is ingrained in humans and I had no idea until I had a baby.
0: Uh, for the record, I think Tweety Birds do kind of fly around your head when you get hit by a two-by-four, but uh, <laughs> I read about this. I actually did some research unlike oh, yeah? like, some people.
1: Oh, well, I bet your research is going to be wrong, so I'll, I'll, I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, it's going to be
0: really good, Hank, because it comes from Susan Blackmore, psychology professor. So, there you go. <laughs> Tired eyes get dry, and rubbing stimulates the lacrimal glands okay. to produce more fluid That's it. That's the reason. When you're tired, your eyes get dry, and you press them because it makes a gland release fluid.
1: Do you think that there's any doctors of the lacrimal gland? Because I bet the lacrimal gland is smaller than the pituitary gland.
0: The lacrimal... lac... lac... (laughs) The lacrimal (laughs) gland are paired uh, exocrine glands, one for each eye, that are about the size of an almond. So oh, that's bigger than a pea. That's bigger than a Nope, you, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. They're shaped like an almond. They're smaller than an almond.
1: <laughs> I was wondering how I had a whole almond in there. There's not a lot of space no, in your face. you don't. You don't. Uh, I, bet, I bet there's somebody who just studies the lacrimal gland, like Dr. Well, Ricardo sure, A. Mead, no MD. Like, you
0: don't, oh, oh, you've got a lacrimal gland problem. Let me send you the lacrimal gland expert. You just go to an eye doctor or a I, I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is I don't, <laughs> I, I, is this a good bit? <laughs>
1: this um, might be stupid. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I. In general, I feel like it's because there's like itchiness and irritation, and that might be because of the dryness. It might be because you just like, yeah, it would probably become the because of the dryness, and you just like you, it's you're just sort of like scratching an itch when you rub your eyes because when you get tired, your eyes get itchy.
0: There you go. All right, we and answered happens, the question. That
1: happens to babies, and it's so cute. It is really it's cute. So, and just babies like, don't so know sleepy. how cliched they look when no, they're doing right? it. Right, yeah. And yeah. that's part of what
0: makes it so cute. I find whenever little kids do things that are super cliche but they're unaware of like the larger narrative arcs of the social order, <laughs> I find it completely adorable. <laughs> and then once they learn that like this is
1: the thing I'm supposed to do, it's like, oh my God, stop.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Um, that's called adolescence. Uh, this next question comes from Alice, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, I'm a... Prim- oh, by the way, I'm only answering questions from Alice's today, Hank. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed that. It's my new policy.
1: Well, we've got enough. Dear- we've got enough questions in the in the archive now that we could probably actually do an episode where we only answer questions from one person's name.
0: I'll do Alice's and also Henry's. Those are the only two names I'm doing from here on out. Dear John and Hank, I'm a primary care provider working in Canada. Oh, you should talk to the other Alice. Um... (laughs) (laughs) she had a question you might know the answer to and i see so many new babies for their first visits and subsequent visits most of these visits include vaccinations against an assortment of diseases i've had some difficulty with some parents who don't want to vaccinate their children for various reasons i haven't yet had any success in convincing any of them that vaccinating is the way to go even after telling them all of the data. I was wondering if you have any advice on how to communicate with these kinds of people, people who are stuck in their own thought processes and struggle uh, to engage in other thought processes. Not in Wonderland, Alice. Here's the thing, Alice, I don't. Neither do I, Alice. <laughs>
1: so I, I did make a video on SciShow called "The uh, Science of Anti-Vaccination," which I uh, is one of my favorite SciShows we've ever done. That goes into the the psychology of how people get stuck in those thought processes and how and like the the biases that lead us to make decisions that are not ultimately in the best interests of, you know, the the people that we love the most in the world, and also the entire social order. Um, and that's a really, like, this is a really hard one, and it's uh, worrying, um, and I, I don't, like, what we find over and over again is kind of engaging people with these ideas sets them more. It, like, it puts them on the defensive, and they they start to tie it to their identity, and once it's part of their identity, fighting against it is, like is like, literally fighting with them. It's a battle that they are being... That they, are, that they are fighting to preserve themselves. And that's no good.
0: So there was this study done recently that took a group of people who believed that tax cuts lead to higher uh, overall federal revenue. This is a common misconception that because tax cuts spur growth, um, that growth will lead to more economic production, which will be taxable <laughs> and then the tax revenue will go up even though the tax rates have gone down. It's right. a compelling idea. Unfortunately, it's just not true.
1: Well, but, and, but if we could take the tax rate all the way down to zero, the government would have infinite money.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, that is one of the ways of pointing out that it's not true. Another way is by looking at all of the tax cuts in American history. <laughs> um <laughs> So we've seen again and again in U.S. history that when we cut tax rates, uh, it does lead to increased economic activity. Uh, People debate how much, but it does, which is taxable. But nonetheless, overall federal tax revenue goes down. Uh, and, And so that's a really consistent story in the history of taxation in the U.S. And in this study, they showed people... This documentation. And then at the end of the study, people uh, on average were more convinced than they had been before that lowering taxes leads to more overall government revenue. And, um... I do not know what to do about this problem. I don't think, by the way, it is a problem unique to people who have that particular misconception. There are probably a lot of misconceptions that I have that I also struggle to let go of in the face of evidence. Um, and I don't know how to solve this problem, Alice. I think it is a big problem. That's why I wanted to read your question. Mm-hmm. And I have no solutions.
1: Yeah, the other thing that I... I uh it's almost as if as soon as it becomes a a point on which you can have an opinion, people will become divided on it. And that is a thing, I know that we've been talking about this some on tour and on Vlogbrothers. Uh, That is part of the thing that like worries me about the call to always have an opinion on everything that, uh, that, the social internet, I think in particular makes us feel because as soon as we sort of like establish an opinion, it becomes part of our identity and it becomes a a point of division. And it, and like, you know, a thing that used to be just like, you know, vaccines, like fewer babies die, these things are good becomes, uh, something that is a sudden political piece of contention that, uh, you know, can, that devalues, um, our opinion of the expertise of, doctors, but also uh, uh, phrase the fabric of, like, not just like the social order, but like the the tools that we use to prevent us from getting sick. Um, and we do now see a lot more people, you know, uh, children getting whooping cough and measles and all of these diseases that we just shouldn't have to deal with because we have ways of preventing them.
0: Slightly off topic, Hank, did you know that I had whooping cough? No, really? Yeah, when I was in college. No, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. I got, uh, I, I did get vaccinated for it, but the vaccine uh, sometimes wears off. And there was a very small outbreak of whooping cough at my tiny little college. I think it was like six people. Um, <laughs> and I was one of the six. And I can tell you, whooping cough blows. <laughs> like... I, I, I mean, it's terrible. I would cough until I threw up almost every day for like a month and a half. And I would be like, this is so stupid. And I also, I had a hundred degree fever for like a month and a half. I was like, this is the stupidest disease I have ever had. And I've had some stupid diseases over the years. Uh, So anyway, yeah, I'm opposed to whooping cough. I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) one of John's opinions that he's holding on to. I'm holding on to that opinion. Uh, I am opposed to whooping cough. I think it is a dumb disease, and I think it should be eliminated from humans. Hard stop.
1: <laughs> this next question comes from NJ, who asks, Dear Hank and John, Hank, where do you find your Mars news? How can I find out more about Mars? What websites, books, or magazines should I read? I love your podcast, but mostly the Mars news. Where's sunblock, NJ? Well, thanks for your question, N.J. Uh, you'll love my new podcast. It's just all Mars news. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I find my Mars news in the same places that I, you find regular news. Um, I do. I got a new phone recently, and it's uh, uh, disturbingly good at knowing what my interests are. So, for example, just just because my brother is John Green, it's always showing me the scores of the AFC Wimbledon games. Um, and, uh, and there's always, always somewhere on that front page. Sometimes there's, t- there's stories about shirts because I run a, I run a merchandise company. So like it knows that I'm into shirts. So recently I started getting, uh, started getting news articles about shirt companies or, uh, <laughs> like shirt
0: science or yeah, soon it's <laughs> going to be reporting to you. Like what, what are the cotton prices for today? Yeah,
1: totally. Um, which would be great. I'd be into that. Um, uh, but yeah, it also te- it's also always throwing Mars news at me. So so since I got this phone, if I've sort of had a, an easier time finding the Mars news, it just sort of comes to me when I'm tired of looking at Twitter and I swipe to the left, and suddenly I'm confronted with you know bummers, some bummers, but also usually some Mars news. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a few great science websites out there. Universe Today is one that I go to a lot. Scientific American has always been my favorite. Um, science publication. Um, and so I will sometimes go to Scientific American and search for Mars and see if they've got anything for me, but also just go to Google News and search Mars and then get rid of all the stories about Bruno Mars and Mars Corporation. And you're left with stories about Mars.
0: Hank, uh, your disturbingly intelligent phone reminded me of something, which mm-hmm. is that there is a uh, A pretty widespread conspiracy theory that maybe isn't a conspiracy theory about how our phones are listening to us even when uh, we are not aware of the fact that they're listening to us and we think of them as being off Um, and that maybe it's using stuff that we say to target our advertising. Mm -hmm. So I just want to take this opportunity to say to everyone who's listening to Dear Hank and John. I am really struggling with the question of whether Tide detergent is worth it. Is it really different from generic brands? Are there other forms (laughs) of laundry detergent like awl or cheer that might be better for my family than Tide detergent? I'm just gonna see if anything happens as a result of that. (laughs) Everybody just play that part of the podcast
1: out loud so that your phone is hearing John talk and yeah. report back to us if you get a lot of yeah, laundry detergent ads. Yeah, let us know what Alexa
0: ads. slash Facebook yeah. slash Google slash Twitter slash some company that you don't even know exists yeah. and that you didn't put on your phone but it's still there thinks of that.
1: I just, I'm just thinking about whether or not I'm going to start using a different detergent. I think it's time for me to consider uh, changing my detergent to a different laundry
0: detergent. There. I think we've got it, Hank. I mean, it, if, if it can be done, we did it. It's like that time that I accidentally, on purpose, ordered many copies of The Fault in Our Stars by uh, saying on the podcast, hey Alexa, I'm not gonna say the rest of it. Because people got so actually and justifiably mad at me. This is not, you're using your power for bad, John. All right, Hank, this next question comes from Libby who asks, dear John and Hank, peeing in the shower, fine? Thank you, Libby. I mean, it's your shower. Well, or is it? Well, if it isn't, it's
1: not fine. Don't pee on anyone else's anything except toilet water.
0: Hank, this is one of many questions I don't have to look at in my own personal life because of baths. Thank God for baths, which have solved so many problems for me, (laughs) including the problem of whether it's okay to pee in the shower, because one thing is for certain, it's not okay to pee in the bath.
1: (laughs) I mean, but that is a problem then, because you can't pee while you're bathing.
0: The way yeah, that shower it's not a problem. Can. I mean, it, you, you act like my <laughs> bathtub and my toilet are in different zip codes when in fact they are perhaps four feet from each other.
1: So I, 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 uh, I'm not a shower peer, but I do, like, when I, when I get into the shower, I will often be like, oh, now I have to pee. And I think that this is kind of why there's so much shower peeing that happens, because, like, as soon as you, like, get all nice and warm, your sphincters relax. And it's like, hey, I, you know what I could do right now? I could really go for a whiz. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And also, like, it's all
0: going to the same place. Like, you don't have to worry about that. It's There is something about y- when people bring up peeing that makes you need to pee. In fact, it's ha- I know because it's happening to me right now. <laughs> like, I was fine 45 seconds ago, and now I'm like, I don't know if I can make it to the end of the pod without peeing. Uh-huh. So I've, I, we've inserted a bit of a ticking time bomb into the uh, podcast because <laughs> this week in Ryan's is going to be real rushed. It's going to be very short uh, this week because and and the, this week's Ryan is going to be like Niagara Falls. <laughs> it's
1: a terrible oh, idea. Oh goodness! This week's Ryan oh, is goodness. is the Atacama Desert. It's everything is fine. There's no uh, water today's at podcast
0: all. is brought to you by. Needing to pee. Needing to pee. An ongoing issue since 45 seconds ago.
1: This podcast is also brought to you by
0: Laundry Detergent. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is also brought to you by Whooping Cough. Whooping Cough, a great way to cough and vomit.
1: And this podcast
0: (laughs) is finally brought to you by
1: your lacrimal glands. Your lacrimal glands. They are the shape, uh, not the size of an almond. And that's all. I actually I know about don't know them.
0: how big they are. I couldn't really figure that out from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, we also have an actual sponsor today, Hank mm-hmm. Storyblocks. Storyblocks. So, John, I make videos for a living.
1: I don't know if you know that about me, and also you. I do. Um, yeah. And uh, there's been since the beginning uh, of of us doing that some various ways to get media to include legally in those videos and it has always been very either very hard or very expensive. And often that leads us to doing things that are maybe a little bit like shouldn't be doing them, uh, like taking pictures that maybe we shouldn't be using. And it is so wonderful to now have a Storyblock subscription, which I learned about from a different podcast and have been able to uh, include, you know, for a price that I can afford and that isn't a big deal for for me, include great video, great audio, great pictures in my videos, um, and you know, I like I've been doing this for years now using Storyblocks, and uh, it's a wonderful service that works really well and much better than the services I was using before.
0: Yeah, you can get uh, an ongoing membership to Storyblocks, which is what Hank and I do. But you can—they also have a library of paid clips where you can like sort of pay. Per, per clip thing. or per image, and mm-hmm. it works really well. And as Hank said, it solves a huge problem in the world of online media, which is that we all want to be making sure that we're using uh other people's content appropriately and that they're being compensated for it properly and appropriately. And that has been very difficult for the first, you know, many years of internet creation. And Storyblocks really is a wonderful solution to this problem. You go to storyblocks.com/slash Hank and john. Um to uh, learn more uh, about Storyblocks and also uh, you can sign up through there
1: and Mm -hmm. the thing I use I pay $149 per year for Storyblocks Mm -hmm. and that gives me access to like uh, like 400,000 images 150,000 videos 100,000 audio clips Uh, those things are in like the, the things there are increasing like the number of things are always going up Um, And that's like, it's nice to know it as a yearly price instead of as a monthly price because I am going to use it all the time and I like to just be able to sort of jump over there and grab stuff when I'm making a video. Um, It's really nice to be able to talk about a product that I use personally um, and, uh, and that makes my content better and makes my life easier.
0: Yeah, and also we have to say makes uh, Crash Course and SciShow and oh, the yeah. other stuff that we do better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, by offering this huge content library, it's, it's made things a lot easier for us uh, in all of our educational content making. So we are grateful to Storyblocks uh, for sponsoring this podcast, but also for uh, creating a service that we really use and like.
1: Yeah, and the nice thing is the people who are making those like vectorized images or taking the photographs or the video, The people who are doing that are getting paid, um, so those creators are also getting supported through Storyblocks. It's a good marketplace that connects creators together to help make better content
0: exist in the world. Thank you, Storyblocks. All right, Hank, let's get to another question from our listeners. This one comes from Bailey, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I've recently met a guy, and we've gone on a few dates. Because I am in high school, he asked me to his homecoming dance, and I accepted, expecting a night of food and fun. (laughs) I just, like I said, yes, because I thought there would be food. And if there's not gonna be food, I'm going to rescind <laughs> my yes. Fun. I mean, that's a great that's a great reason to say yes to a homecoming dance. Like I've been told that there will be light snacks and punch, and I'm in. <laughs> When I went to get ready with some of his friends, one of them introduced me to her parents as his girlfriend. This took me aback because I did not realize that I was already in a relationship with this guy because we'd never spoken about it. Now I've heard that he has told people we are dating, and I don't know how I feel about the guy, so what should I do? I am very busy with school and work and the college process, I'm unsure if I'm able to have a relationship right now. Any dubious advice is appreciated. High school drama and horseradish. Bailey. I mean, Bailey, so I'm
1: just going to, like, first of all, the words have various meanings, but I am going to take you back to the first sentence of your email where you said, I recently met a
0: guy and we've
1: gone on a few dates. You are dating him.
0: Well, you've gone on a few dates with him. That's not exactly the same thing as being, being someone's no, boyfriend or girlfriend. No, but I will say that you are dating. Like, that's what's right, happening. Hank, but if Bailey doesn't feel comfortable being called this guy's girlfriend, that's probably right, right. No, an yes. issue. Because in all likelihood, that means that this person did not say, hey, are you my girlfriend? Or do you want to be my girlfriend? Or should we like identify this relationship as a girlfriend-boyfriend thing? And then instead just started telling his pals, this is my girlfriend. I I, kind of, I see Bailey's point. Like, I feel like this, Bailey, this is probably a moment to take a step back and say, just from your email, you may not be that psyched about this relationship. It seems like you're mostly in it for the food and fun which is great by the way. I think that is a pretty good reason when you're in high school to and also in adulthood to go on dates. Frankly, when Sarah and I go on dates, it's mostly for the food and fun. <laughs> Bailey, I will say that like I
1: I don't know when you like are supposed to have the talk and figure out what the relationship is. Like is that a thing that happens Uh, because for me, it was always like, Hey, by the way, I am so into you and I want this to be forever. And then
0: girls running Mm. away from me. No, for me, (laughs) uh, I always would have that talk. Um, or I felt like that talk was, it it should be like an ongoing, uh, thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Listen Hank I'm not an expert In any of this But certainly like I do remember When Sarah and I Admittedly we were not In high school uh, We did not go to The homecoming dance Together or anything But I do remember When I said to Sarah Like hey um, Are we going to be Like a like an item, like mm-hmm. are we gonna be whatever, however you want to phrase it. Are we gonna be boyfriend girlfriend? Are we gonna be in an exclusive relationship? Whatever, whatever the like constructs that you want to use around it, you need to like have that conversation yeah. with the other person before you have it with your buds.
1: Agreed, agreed. And I actually like I, I do remember being uh, sort of new to this whole game and thinking I was someone's boyfriend when I was in fact just uh, seeing them. And uh, and, right. and bringing it up and, and then being like oh oh no oh no 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 Hank no and I was like oh
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> well it's I mean yeah it's inherently uncomfortable mm-hmm. and like it, these are these are difficult conversations to have but I also think that's like part of what makes them so important
1: agreed this next question comes from Kyla who asks dear Hank and John late at night when I'm trying to sleep. All I can seem to do is come up with unrealistic fantasies that keep me up. I'll be laying in bed trying to sleep when all of a sudden I think about myself in a world that literally cannot exist. How does one turn off their imagination for long enough to sleep for eight hours? Extremely sleep deprived, Kyla. Wait, what's the world? I don't know. I feel why really can't like- it Why it exist? Why wouldn't that have been brought up by Kyla in this very short question that obviously had space to give us some information about these these fantasy worlds that I'm now very curious about.
0: Kyla, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight worrying about what these fantasy worlds might or might not be. That's on you. I mean, your name is You've Kyla. You've just made less sleep in the world, Kyla. It's, I don't want to criticize our listeners. It sounds but like... come on.
1: You could be an excellent... details. ...protagonist in any number of these fantasy stories. If you just maybe write them down. So, John, I do have sleep tips. I'm like uh I, i've become informed on sleep tips because one i make science videos for a living and two people are always asking me how i sleep uh one tip is that i have a medication that makes me sleepy so that's don't necessarily do that uh get of colitis and take that one uh two it's all like it's really all about like like structuring your day so that sleep happens it starts at the same time it ends at the same time and it happens in a place that is devoted to sleep and so you are not spending time in your bed doing things that aren't sleep so that your mind knows that like this is the sleep place not the place for uh fantasy imaginings and, yeah, if, and if I you mean, are having those fantasy imaginings and it's not gonna, and it's not going to happen, like leave the sleep place and go somewhere else until you feel sleepy.
0: Kyla, I would talk to a doctor, not Hank, about this. This is literally um, advice that I was given by a doctor. Well, sure, sure but not by Ky- Kyla's doctor. <laughs> Okay. Each individual is different. I think that's good advice. I just think like if it's become an issue in your life, like don't uh, don't turn to advice podcasts. Uh, and I do think that uh, if it's something you're really concerned about, uh, it's probably time to talk to your doctor about it. Because while Hank's tips are great, nothing stands in for actual medical advice quite like actual medical professionals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, John, do you ever feel like that that those times in your life when you couldn't get to sleep? we're actually like really useful and wonderful. Like, like, like when you got excited about an idea or, um, or we're creating you know, a world or a character or something like that, you're just laying in bed and you just can't stop, stop working on a problem.
0: Very occasionally what would almost always happen or what does almost always happen in my experience is that I finally am like Okay, I've got to get up and write this down because this stuff is great. This is this is fascinating I've finally found my way through to a Mm -hmm, solution mm -hmm. and then I write it down and I'm like, what is this? This makes no sense. (laughs) It's almost like this was developed by a tired person (laughs) Who wasn't thinking at all rationally
1: yeah, it's almost it's almost as if uh, it's almost as if this person was having a dream about solving a problem. Not right actually rather than actually problem.
0: solving a problem on a few occasions because I always hear about writers who like come up with great solutions to problems in their books and dreams or else um, come up with great uh, premises for new books and dreams and so on a few occasions I have woken up and thought like it happened it finally happened for me and I write down the dream and I'm like okay here's how I'm going to solve a problem in turtles all the way down there's a baseball game and they're in the dugout it's the visitors dugout and it's the seventh inning and I keep writing and I'm like, holy crap, like how did I think, how did I ever think that this was going to solve a problem when it's it's obvious that like this all is all happening inside of a magical world where none of the rules of narrative or physics apply. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. I mean I have I have I would say that I have had experiences uh, a handful of times where, I, like, I had too much coffee uh, at six o'clock at night, and it was two in the morning, and I still couldn't get to sleep, and uh, and I came up with something pretty pretty amazing, but. In general, I think that is just as likely to happen any time that I'm not occupying myself with something like I tend to always do these days, where I'm always do like I'm on the phone or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm reading a book or I'm like driving the car and listening to music and or something. Um, In those moments when I'm like actually not occupied, there is a like a surprising number of times, and it's just like oh well now I'm thinking about this problem and that's helpful to just you know have time to just. Think,
0: oh, I feel like I never have time to just think anymore. And I- Hank, let me encourage you uh-huh. to explore the possibility of clearing honeysuckle out of your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spent about 60 hours doing it so far. I'm going to report back next week. Um, but so far, what I've found is that when my brain has quiet time, mostly it wants to be quiet. I am um, expecting that at some point my brain will be like, "I'd like to start having some thoughts again now." But right now, my brain's just like, "Shh, cut the honeysuckle. <laughs> <laughs> get it out of the ground. Make sure that did you get the did you get the stump? Make sure to get the stump." Um,
1: that's good, John. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that's the experience I would have. Mm, but I, I also mean, don't
0: have a bunch of honeysuckle in my yard. Uh, yeah, so spoken no- like somebody who hasn't tried it yet. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is uh, creating this uh, brick path. This, I, I, I blazed a trail through my backyard, and then now I'm uh, slowly bricking the path one brick at a time oh my using God. bricks from this uh, uh, this abandoned building. Uh, long, long long ago ruin from the uh, early 20th century uh, on our property. And just the act of doing that, Hank, oh, my God, it's so much better. It's so much better than going to VidCon meetings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to gloat, but I feel like I've found like a glitch in the matrix. And um, at least for one week, this was the perfect solution. I don't think I could do it forever, but I intend to find out Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to, Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners right now. You can get fifteen percent off your first order by going to blueland.com/dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash Dear Hank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash Dear Hank to get 15% off.
1: <laughs> All right, this next question is from Natalie, who asks Dear Hank and John, I was recently listening to an NPR interview where the guest explained that his high school experience and his. Where the guest explained his high school experience and his life as an Episcopalian. I was thinking John Green and this guy would probably be really great friends. And then the host said it was John Green. Why do you sound so much different? It's crazy. Anyway, how the heck does NPR work? <laughs> <laughs> Are there local stations for co-
0: for counties? Is there some headquarters? Uh, congrats on the new book. Bu- congrats on the new book, guys. Yeah. Well. Um so I was on Fresh Air. That might have been the interview that you heard with Terry Gross, which was the most nervous I've ever been. Hank knows this because he was with me right before. Yeah, he was freaking out. Yeah. First off, Natalie, uh, I, I don't know why I sound, did, sounded different in that interview that, that you heard, but I listened to it as well. And I also thought that I sounded different. I was listening to my voice and I was like, that's weird.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: I, and I don't know why. Maybe it was because I was so incredibly nervous about the prospect of speaking to Terry Gross, who's one of my like longtime heroes. Uh, But it was, it was cool. It was a very cool experience uh, being on Fresh Air. By far the best part was the very beginning when uh, Terry Gross (laughs) came on the line and she said, um, are there two lines in your book that you got from our radio show? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, thanks thanks for reading it. And she was like, yeah, I liked it. And then, uh, that was the best part. Yeah. Like, the interview part was good, but like her noticing the two, the two fresh air moments in Turtles All the Way Down was pretty amazing.
1: I thought you were going to say that the best moment for you was when Terry Gross called us the V-Log
0: Brothers. Well, I didn't actually hear her say that. She recorded that <laughs> intro later, and it was pretty epic to be called the V-Log Brothers. Oh, man, it's not her fault, you know?
1: <laughs> it's not her fault. It's my fault fault for
0: naming the YouTube channel a bad name. It's true. That's on us, Hank. Ultimately, that's on us. As for how NPR works, um, that's not really my area of expertise. Uh, In this particular (laughs) case, I think I was in uh, Nashville, and I, I went to the Nashville NPR station, and they had a little studio set aside for me for that hour and a half, and I listened to Terry Gross talk to me Uh, On my headphones, the same way I'm listening to Hank talk to me now, only it was kind of a much fancier version of the setup that that we currently have.
1: I also don't know how NPR works. I'm much more familiar with PBS because we actually work with them. But um, NPR is, uh, as far as I can tell, funded by mostly its listeners, according to every pledge drive.
0: That's right. Uh, So donate to your local NPR station if you enjoy fresh air as much as I do. Okay, Hank, let's answer one more question before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. This question comes from Magdalene, who writes, Dear John and Hank, as someone who frequents the coffee shop across the street from my school, I've been presented with an issue that only grows over time. Having been diagnosed with anxiety means that I have trouble doing some ordinary tasks, one of them being paying the cashier. I check and recheck that I have the right amount in just a few bills so as not to hold up the line, but this leaves me with multiple coins and change, which over time have built up to an insert mountable amount should i continue paying with just bills what if i hold up the people behind me by using the change please help i don't know how i could possibly do a name specific sign-off magdalene uh, i mean obviously you have a name specific sign-off it's mary comma magdalene
1: <laughs> okay good I'll, I'll allow it um this this is not uh I don't understand how paying with coins holds up the line, especially if you have time to get them, like, sorted and ready to go.
0: Because also, you know in advance, Magdalene, how much your coffee order is going to cost, right? Like, you've probably ordered the you've same thing. have done this thing. before. Or, yeah, tax so, hasn't changed. Right, so you know it's going to be $2.58, so what I would do... I, I Totally sympathetic to your concern about holding up the line. It's something that I worry about, too Mm -hmm. But what I would do is just get those eight quarters five dimes one nickel and three inexplicable pennies out Um, Have them in your hand try to organize them as much as you can by uh, Shape and size actually, you know what don't use the pennies Magdalene. Just just get 260 (laughs) just get just get eight quarters and six dimes and hand it over and say, that's $2.60, I do not need change, thank you. Well, and then you leave your tip in the tip jar, additionally. (gasps) And if they give you the two cents, you can
1: put that there too, which is what I do with every penny I ever receive.
0: That's actually a better solution, Hank. Over time, Magdalene, the way to get rid of your change is a dollar at a time, put it in the tip jar.
1: Yeah, that is also a great way to do it. There's also uh, places that will take your change and turn it into dollars for you. They're called banks. Um, don't you, don't use the Coinstar <laughs> machine. That's a that's a, that's a racket. They take a big percentage, and the bank will do it. Uh, you just have to. My favorite thing I do, so John, I have I have a secret. I have a secret, embarrassing secret. And people didn't get to hear my other embarrassing secret, and they never will. So I want to tell you this embarrassing secret because it's pretty embarrassing, and it, I don't think anybody knows about it. Okay. So Coinstar machines, they have this little tray that you dump all your change into, and it's got a slot, then there's little holes in it, and in America, the hole is just smaller than a dime, so a dime can't fall through it, but other stuff can, so like that stuff doesn't end up in the machine. And one of my secret joys in life is to put my head into a Coinstar machine and see what has fallen through the dime holes. And just put my head in there, and I'm like,
0: whoo. And that hope, is like, not even within 12 orders of magnitude <laughs> of the most embarrassing thing about you.
1: <laughs> I agree. But it's something, right? Just Hank Green sticking his head into the Coinstar machine? Because you got to get your head in there. You can't, like, see it from outside. You have to, like, get put, and it's like a
0: whole grocery store is around, and I'm like, I can't help myself. I'm going to put my head in the Coinstar machine now. I think it's fine. Um, the I actually have a bigger concern than the Coinstar head issue, which mm-hmm. is that I think that you just referred to yourself in the third person, and that can never happen again. <laughs> was that, I was being the people nope. around talking about me. Right, but that's also rather <laughs> presumptuous. <laughs> I just assume They wouldn't be like, oh look, it's Hank Green with his head in the Coinstar <laughs> machine. They would be like, oh, look at that random middle-aged dude with his head in the coin star machine. Well, that's and then I take my head thinking.
1: out, and then there's like one of the people who's a crash course fan, and they're like, Wow, okay. I thought that was just a random middle-aged dude with his head in the coinstar machine, but it's that guy who taught me anatomy and physiology. But instead, they're like, Oh
0: my gosh, it's that that's John Green's brother. Oh I mean, I, I, I only I only made that comment, Hank, uh, to try to give you some real, well defined consequences for referring to yourself in the third person.
1: <laughs> Are we helping Magdalene out with her problem at all? Um, I oh, John, I so yeah. also have mm-hmm. a new phone that I okay. mentioned earlier today. I might like yep. it a lot, and it. I, I can put a credit card number into it, and then I just hold mm-hmm. the phone up to a thing and put my finger on the on the fingerprint reader, and it just pays. Not everywhere, but if – Magdalene, if your place has one of these, it is so much faster than paying with cash. It's faster than a credit card. It's faster than the chip thing. It's faster than everything. It's immediate. And also, not a lot of people use it yet, so everybody's sort of like, what did you just do? And then you can be All like, right. it's me, Hank Green. I pay with my finger and uh, put I knew my it head was coming. in the machine. I knew machine. it was
0: coming. God, <laughs> I can smell it coming. That's not a good bit. I don't like it as a joke. What's the week's news from Mars? <laughs> so John, the thing that keeps popping up in my Mars news at the top
1: of my phone for like three days now is very yeah. frustrating to me. But I'm gonna tell you this, this story. Um, I'm gonna read you the headline.
0: In the hopes that your phone will hear you read it and then be like, okay, he knows that one. Time to move on. Yeah.
1: Russian prodigy, who claims he lived on Mars before being reborn on Earth, baffles Mm -hmm. scientists in parentheses, video.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just like, why is this here? that headline might be peak 2017
1: <laughs> i mean so yeah i uh, like i i don't know how to tell my phone that i don't want Fake Mars news? (laughs) I just want actual (laughs) Mars news that's like... Experts are reportedly baffled by the testimony of Bariska, a young Russian prodigy from the city of Volgograd who claims that he lived on a war-ravaged planet Mars long ago before being reborn on Earth. So apparently, scientists are baffled. They are baffled. Why is that? Why is that baffling? Uh, because because he has detailed knowledge of space and the conditions on other planets. There's no way of, uh, the, uh, yeah, no uh, way to acquire that yeah. on the internet. Nope. And uh, there's all the things he knows. There's no way he could he could know it about the places except that if he was making it up, I guess,
0: would be uh, one. My way. favorite part about um, his his, uh, his idea is that. When he was a Martian, he was seven feet tall and and he was 35 years old because Martians had mastered the prevention of aging and all Martians stopped aging and became semi-immortal at 35 years of age, which I I guess is like a fairly good time to become semi-immortal, but like if I could pick, (laughs) I'd probably pick like 27. (laughs) Um, You know, like I feel like at 35 My, like, uh, my peak physical fitness was already behind me. Actually, in my case, it was ahead of me, but only because I'd set such a low bar earlier in life. Um, Yeah. Well, Hank, I'm very excited about that news from Mars. And congratulations on the discovery of life on Mars at last in the form of (laughs) semi-immortal 35-year-olds.
1: So, Bariska says... Human life will change when the sphinx is opened. It has an opening mechanism somewhere behind the ear. I do not remember exactly.
0: (laughs) But he has an incredibly specific memory. (laughs) Well, Hank, the news from AFC Wimbledon is that in really an encouraging sign, uh, AFC Wimbledon have just signed a 20-year-old prodigy from Russia named Baryskia. (laughs) I mean Is he 20 or is he infinity? Uh, I mean, we could really stand to have a striker who doesn't age. That would be <laughs> a real gift. Uh, 35 is probably a little too old. If we could set it, I think we'd set it a little younger. Uh, AFC Wimbledon, uh, Hank, were in the uh, first round of the FA Cup. You might remember the FA Cup, Hank, because a, a few years ago, uh, AFC Wimbledon made it to the third round of the FA Cup where they played Liverpool Football Club um, in one of the most exciting and weird days of my life. Um, and uh, this year, in the first round of the, AFC, uh, of the FA Cup, they played Lincoln City, which uh-huh. is a team, I think, from the seventh tier. And they they won the game, 10 to nothing hey all right uh who scored yeah. that goal john uh the messy from montserrat oh. lyle taylor does scored that the mean goal. That, does that mean that his leg is feeling better It means that he has recovered from his injury um and is now back to scoring goals for afc wimbledon oh, which yay. is great because he is the only person scoring goals for afc <laughs> wimbledon at the moment um AFC Wimbledon uh, are now headed to the second round of the FA Cup where they're going to take on a significantly more challenging opponent in the form of Charlton Athletic. Uh, If they were to win that game, which, given the current run of form, I would say is not super likely, but if they were to win that game, they would move on to the third round of the FA Cup, which is when you can get teams like Manchester United and Liverpool and Chelsea and uh, potentially a huge payday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it would be great to win that second round game but uh the arc of history is long and um right now a little troubling right right sorry to hear about the troubles but i'm glad so it was that team
1: from your league did you tell me that and i didn't listen correct
0: yes i told you that and you didn't listen (laughs) i i believe that lincoln's current city is currently in the seventh tier oh okay Um, wow
1: so you won by one one goal over a seventh tier team
0: Well, let me go ahead and confirm that for you, Hank, because it might, for all I know, no, they're in League Two. They're in the fourth tier of English football. It's barely even an upset. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. That makes me feel much better. We beat a fourth tier English soccer team, the kind of soccer team we might be next year if we don't watch out. (laughs) All right.
1: I'm sorry about the situation that I have swamled in. It does make me legitimately nervous.
0: Yeah, no, me too. It's the first thing I think about every single morning. I think, what can I do to ensure that AFC Wimbledon remain a third-tier English soccer team? And then I turn over to Sarah, and I open my mouth as if to speak, and she says, absolutely not. Well, um, I agree with her deeply. Thank you for potting with me, John. Uh, Thank you for potting. We're going to go uh, make our patron-only podcast This Week in Ryan's right now over at Patreon.com slash Dear Hank and John. If you want to listen to the worst ten minutes of audio available (laughs) on the internet each week, um, subscribe over there to This Week in Ryan's. Uh, But uh, thank you for potting with me, Hank, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening.
1: This podcast is produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. It's edited by Nicholas Jenkins Victoria Bongiorno is our head of community and communications uh, The theme music that you're hearing right now And at the beginning of the podcast Is from the great Gunnerola, And as they say in our hometown Don't, don't forget, forget to be, to be awesome, awesome.